Theory. Hey guys, this is Julian Gray. This is Spencer Brown. Hi, this is John from Above and And you're listening to Deep End Theory on, on UCLA, UCLA Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Deep End Theory on UCLA Radio. This is Leslie Snipes and Valid. Today we have a special episode uh, live just before the Injuna Beats LA show. And we are joined with Misha, one part of Tin Liquor. Um, Misha's going to be opening tonight and tomorrow at the Hollywood Palladium. Um, so thank you for taking some time before your opening set to have a chat. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, let's go ahead and start with the release that you had today with Lane 8. Uh, two track. One, one of them was with you or both yeah. of them? No, just one of them, yeah. And, and that, that was, was Anthracite. Anthracite, yeah. <laughs> so give us a little just uh, imagery on how that came about. Uh, not as romantic as most people think. <laughs> I mean, we met like last year because we did that Clarify remix and we just just started talking and he played our show in, in Utrecht, the Netherlands. And then, I don't know, we were just like, we should do some music together, but apparently we don't live close to each other. So we just send projects over the internet and yeah, this is how this happened. We just sent the half done thing to him and he worked on it and then eventually it was done <laughs> and we were all happy <laughs> so yeah that's nice. how it works it's a great track i wouldn't tell lane eight this but it was definitely my favorite of the <laughs> <laughs> you might hear it now <laughs> and so you started tin liquor in 2012 when someone introduced jordy and you to each other is that correct nicole was it it was actually i started by myself uh, and then did a lot of music and then because my first release was done by the same PR guy as uh, Jordi's first release or one of his first releases so I was Tin Liquor first by myself and then after that we started talking and making music together and I don't know we made like seven tunes in seven sessions and we were like hmm <laughs> maybe we should actually combine the two forces and yeah so after the first release we joined and then the rest is kind of history. <laughs> and so you started in 2012 on your on your own, right? Yeah. So you came up with the initial concept and uh, imagery and branding behind the, the Iron Giant, what it seems like. <laughs> the robot thing, yeah. The robot thing in the name was my idea. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I think he likes it too. I mean, we had to choose which name we were going to use. And <laughs> this one was better than his, I guess. <laughs> It just sounded. What did he come up with? No, no, but he, his his solo, his solo name had a personal name more like so it couldn't really be couldn't right. be two persons and Tin Liquor can be two persons if you know what I mean. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so Tin Liquor is a reference to the robot then. Meaning, no, actually it was me having a joke and a beer. Uh, you know what circuit bending is? Like you take a synthesizer apart and you solder it and it starts making sounds by itself. Yes, I could. I could. Uh, <laughs> and then it starts doing that. bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> and then I was like, what if you're just by yourself and try to do that and you don't have enough hands? You have to lick the tin. <laughs> oh. Use wow. your tongue. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> pretty that stupid story. The... <laughs> yep. I like that. We need, to sign, we need to find something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought it would be related to, you know, the Iron Giant or something like. No, it sounds, and it's, uh, yeah, it sounds stuff, like it, but it, uh, yeah, it, it was more like back, I'm interested about strange delays and strange sounds and uh, yeah, came up with a name like that, but it has 
you can you know names are names and they get value after a while you know <laughs> so do you have uh just curious what did you study are you an engineer from background or no just pure music uh no musical education i was a drummer um studied design quit university because of music but that was my other project and been doing that for 20 years now and then here I am <laughs> making something else <laughs> and you've been doing drum and bass act with uh, Black Sun Empire since the late 90s right how how's that been trying to make that transition or not even making that transition you've been maintaining both yeah at the same time yeah yeah still doing it full-time with my brother and high school friend that's basically still my main income I guess if you can tell that but Jordi kind of joined the company now so we can do both projects and not feel weird about it uh, so yeah this is actually the year where it's starting to be difficult to actually still make drum and bass so but uh, it's fun you know I just like making music and you have to keep challenging yourself and that's why I started making something else than drum and bass but my interests are always wider than just the one genre you know yeah i like classical music and i like hardcore and somewhere in between these two genres meet <laughs> it's interesting that you guys brought on jordy as well not is it more for a logistical reason um or is it just to bring another influence well he doesn't influence? he doesn't do lex and empire but more for if i put a lot of time in tin liquor and abandon blacks and empire that would be weird so yeah. how to come up with a situation where it is not weird <laughs> yeah, right. Got it. so we have three studios in the same building and we run our label there our blacks and empire label and, and yeah so and it's interesting to hear that you say that you know you have a lot of diversity in in taste from you know hardcore to more pro progressive sound but i also feel like tin liquor has a pretty diverse sound you know you guys go from pretty chill to pretty hardcore progressive all the way to um you know even some techno influences off that mousetrap ep uh what uh, less than a minute yeah pretty yeah pretty banging tune uh yeah i think we try not to think in boxes and it's i think because i come from this side and jordi comes from the other side and then try not to yeah, put ourselves musically in a box because for us then it becomes boring so we have a rule if we like it then it's fine <laughs> so uh, uh it's a good it, rule yeah, yeah but at the same time it, it made it quite hard to find the right label because yeah people find it weird that we're going from deep house to like techno uh, uh but yeah now anjuna kind of you know embraced it and we they let us do what we want and it's fun yeah, you guys got Anjuna Beat supporting you, you got Anjuna Deep supporting you, yeah. so it seems like you guys got an ecosystem to work with. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious, with within the Anjuna family, do you talk to or collaborate with Spencer Brown very much? Because we, we actually interviewed him and he had a similar comment. He actually only listens to like industrial techno and right. now in his latest releases he's shifted a lot more towards like mousetrap, like mm. heavier hitting stuff and so i feel like from the story you're describing it's a similar interest range from progressive to uh i mean i met him at ultra for the first time you already met him before but yeah um i like his music and i think we'll probably do some music together in the future but yeah it's good to see that he has that same i think it's it's more you see it happening more often with people just you know widening their musical spectrum 
stepping outside the box and I think that's for music itself it's interesting you know it's like nice if people try different things <laughs> definitely definitely and so do you feel like your your experience in tin liquor has allowed you to bring back some of what you've learned from Jordy back into Black Sun Empire uh or do you guys, or is there a clear delineation between the drum and bass and the progressive house realm that you guys? Nah, create? it's. I mean, maybe musically, like when it comes to chord progression and stuff. But I don't know. Our drum bass can be quite melodic. It just when it drops, it's quite straightforward and hard. <laughs> but you know, the breakdowns also had like we used to have like big trance breakdowns and what then in drum and bass. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You learn tricks from each other, but it's not that I think like, oh, I can use this in into a Black Snap Empire tune. I mean, I've done it before, like a sound that we created in Tin. They could be like, mm. oh, that's a cool sound. I can yeah. use it in drum bass. And I've done it vice versa. I turned the Black Snap Empire track into a Tin Liquor tune. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it, it helps. Definitely, it helps mm. having more creative minds in in, in the space. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, sometimes it's also like too many cooks in the kitchen <laughs> yeah yeah and so i mean you've been producing drum and bass for 20 years do you think but drum and bass has traditionally been a more underground sound uh do you see it ever coming up more in the not in the mainstream per se but um garnering more attention because i feel like in the past few years a lot of more niche genres have really kind of exploded in in their uh broader exposure do you see that happening with drum and bass and uh drum and bass is really depends where you are like in, in where i'm from it's quite i mean our parties are quite big we do for three thousand people That's so it really big. depends where you are i mean still underground compared to like edm and techno and stuff but it is for instance bigger than dubstep in in europe if you know what I mean? Mm. So, so okay. over here, it, dubstep and trap are a lot bigger than drum bass. But yeah. if you go to different countries, it's it's all different. And I think uh, it, I don't really think about it much. I don't really care about if it blows up or it doesn't. I just like making it, and I think it's cool that you still have a lot of new upcoming producers that feed into this new this scene and make it keeps it alive. I guess you know, keeps it interesting. So uh, I don't know. I don't make music for it to blow up, I just make music because I like making music and it's nice that I can live from it, but uh, yeah, don't have to be rich or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do what you love. Yeah, yeah, rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> and two, maybe. And so, question about nothing without you. Um, you guys first came out with a more deeper uh, version of it on Engine of Deep. And then around ABGT 300, Jono Grant dropped a rework version of it. Is that the first? I think that's the first time he premiered that. And so I was wondering which version actually came first. Uh, oh, the first one that came out was first. And then we were like, oh, we should make something, a VIP to keep playing it and keep it interesting. And then they, I guess they liked it a lot as well and released it. <laughs> I mean, we keep doing those things, editing our own tunes. If after a while we think it, the tune can be better or different, then we'll try it. I mean, we make a lot of edits of other people's tunes as well, and then 
sometimes they come out and sometimes they don't and sometimes it's just for your own set so initially it was just so we could play it uh, yeah. but uh, a lot of people like the second version better than the actual first version but yeah mm. you know <laughs> so yeah don't think about it too much it's more like yeah oh, we can reuse this or make it more interesting for the dance floor or yeah have it have more energy for a later part of your set so. and so before you started producing drum and bass how did you get involved with electronic music or what drew you to the scene uh well i'm a little bit older than you guys <laughs> so i was a teenager in the early 90s where basically electronic music became bigger and bigger so my influences were like Underworld, Front 242, The Prodigy, Chemical Brothers and stuff like that. So, And back then you didn't really have like the boxes of this is house, this is techno, you had just had like electronic music was coming up. So, uh, uh, I actually forgot the question. <laughs> uh, just how did you get started? What drew you to oh, drum and bass? And it was actually that, that it was new. I was like, wow, well, this is electronic music. So. I, what is it going out to parties and you know getting hearing the new sounds and stuff we were like ah, yeah. we want to do this too so we just bought like synthesizer and cheap sound card and started fuzzing around messing around yeah and, and my dad is a <laughs> physics teacher so he's always bit like equipment and stuff so we always had uh, computers when we were young okay and, uh yeah we just started playing around for fun so would you consider yourself uh, a DJ first or producer? Definitely a producer. <laughs> like we were doing drum and bass, releasing it, and then people were like, we want you to perform and didn't even have turntables yet. So <laughs> <laughs> had to buy them. Yeah, and then just pick practice. up those skills. Yeah, <laughs> practice and was really nervous. Like, in trembling. the club, in front of people. <laughs> Trembling hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, yeah. um, do you guys have a particular, do you have a particular mishap that's uh, that's notable? What, what do you mean? In front of people, just a big mess up ever? Uh, oh, of course, it happens live, but it's the way you deal with it. If it actually is bad or good. I mean, yeah. if the music stops, people actually sometimes like it. If you just pretend it was, you were that was actually what's supposed to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, stuff happens, you know, power cuts and you can't. You, mm. Nothing notable that's out of the normal, just. Nah, probably my worst set was a drum bass set, or it's like every time the tune dropped, people started jumping and then the needle would just skip to the end of the record. That was an hour. Really? Of, that was a really painful hour. <laughs> the needle <laughs> was that sensitive? Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just, everything was just bouncing. It was just horrible, but. Uh, yeah, so I actually like like it that I don't play vinyl anymore. <laughs> you don't have that, <laughs> that part anymore, but no, fuck, yeah, I probably was drunk once and do the back to back and play the same tune after someone played it three tunes before, so stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's late enough and people are kind of intoxicated, nobody it really cares. Matter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're playing a show like tonight, how do, do you just avoid playing anyone's stuff on the lineup or how do you, is we, there any sort of coordination saying like, I'm gonna play this song? Cause I mean, Above and Beyond's not here tonight, so presumably someone's gonna be playing. Uh, to be honest, we play most of our own stuff. So okay. I don't really... Yeah, that kind of solves the problem. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, yeah, that's how we kind of do it, or we play a lot of the edits that we make. So, uh, of course, we did remixes for other people and vice versa. And then sometimes it's like, do you want to play it or 
can I play it? So we kind of like talk to each other, but you know, there's enough music to play, so I don't really think about it too much. And um, where do you see progressive moving in the next like five years or so? If you had a, a prediction for what all. <laughs> where where progressive will be because in the past few years we've noticed there's a huge rise in interest and um, yeah it's good to see that it got a lot of love again or I mean I'm we're pretty new to this scene anyway so for us everything is kind of new um, I don't know I don't know I think it's interesting to see that people are open to maybe a bit deeper progressive and then the whole super EDM drop yeah uh, progressive so I think both sides will keep on developing and, and it's nice to see that people actually like both styles if you know what I mean you can put them on the same lineup and people won't be uh, offended by it or you know so I don't know I think if we try to keep a broad spectrum of it then it will just be bigger and bigger and so just curious what's a what's a day in the life of Misha <laughs> Well, here, <laughs> here was just getting breakfast and working on my laptop, making a new track to play tonight. But uh, I don't know, at home it's uh, during the week, uh, going to the studio in the morning uh, till about six o'clock, just like working in an office and then going home and uh, spend time with my girlfriend and my friends, basically, like everyone else does. Nice. And then in the weekend, normally go out playing somewhere something like that so it's pretty basic it's nothing special it's just yeah. a, a job but a different job than a lot of other people have so if you were to go out and uh in the netherlands back home what's your go-to place to just kick back for uh, our dutch listeners out there yeah well i like <laughs> like me and jordy like to have a beer every now and then so there's a few bars that we really like one is called the rat uh which basically means the rat uh one's called belgium because belgium has a lot of good beers and then if we go out dancing, there's this one big venue called Tivoli Vredeburg, which has like six rooms in one and they have like classical concerts to like hardcore concerts. So interesting for, for everyone, there's always something to do. That's also where we throw our own party. So it's yeah, yeah, it's so pretty, pretty new. Tivoli, um, that sounds familiar. And I remember that from a Steve Angelo track that was named that. Is that, do oh, you yeah. think it's the same? No, I think Tivoli actually means something, but I don't know. Like, be Greek I don't know but it has a meaning uh, or it's not the, it, he didn't call it because of this club okay got it. Okay, that's what I, want. <laughs> yeah. I you have it I think you have what, you have a big venue in in Denmark called Tivoli as well so it must oh, mean it must mean something yeah. but I don't know what it does <laughs> okay if you flip it it says I love it but almost Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't think that was the reason okay. why it's called yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's your? Do you have like a dream venue or festival or setting to play in? Mm, good question. I'm really looking forward to the Gorge in July because. We saw the it's videos beautiful. of the last time when they played our music, we were like, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wish we could have done that. But yeah, now we're actually going. So that setting looks really cool. Uh, I don't know, it's weird because I've been in the music industry quite a long time. So I've played a lot of festivals, but just with different music. It, for me, it's just interesting to see where this is going. So I don't know, I don't really have any yeah, dreams, but just 
would be really cool to see if this actually works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun to just keep on making music and people loving it. That's the main thing. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. The Gorge is a, a pretty wonderful venue though. We were at 250 and it's uh, it's like one of those landscapes that a picture just can't capture how epic and huge it is and it's like quite a backdrop to be listening to your favorite DJs. The Red red Rock is that a big thing? Yeah. like look pretty cool as well. But yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of similar but a lot smaller but you have rocks on either side <laughs> like kind of a different yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are probably the two biggest American outdoor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we normally close out the interview. You got any? I got one question actually. Um, so I was curious what what what's in your mind when you're uh, designing a set? Are you doing it all impromptu, or do you kind of have an idea of what your outline is going to be? I kind of have an idea what you're going to play. Uh, for example, tonight. Yeah, I have a kind of an ear. Also, because I do two nights, so I want them to be different. Right. So I kind of have to think like what kind, of, what fits m- tonight and what will fit tomorrow. Uh, at the same time, uh, I don't know. Sometimes you know we improvise. Uh, kind of, the, I don't know. It's that really matters. Depends on the mood I'm in. But uh, yeah, sometimes you skip music. I don't know. It's it's just big folder with music and then. Energy-wise, you kind of have to figure out, oh, this fits after this, after this, because uh, playing one real hard tune in the beginning doesn't really make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but for me, it's interesting because, you know, within drone bass, I play like 40 tracks an hour, and with this right. music, I play like 12, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I, here I really have to be like, if I, if I uh, want to play one extra tune, I'm running out of time, you know, I mean, within drone bass, it's easier to just skip a lot, so here it's harder to actually skip things because you'll or add stuff because you won't have time for it yeah <laughs> and is there a particular way you organize your music in your flash drive no i mean you can mix and key or no, i don't know no not really it's just all in a folder the, the tunes that i really like at the moment and then oh mm. yeah and do you find there are parallels between producing progressive and drum and bass like from a I mean, from like a structural perspective, I feel like drum and bass has much bigger breakdowns and pauses and stuff like that. And sure, you borrow some t- sounds, but you know, it's similar to the sets, is there like a parallel between the two in production? Uh, Structure-wise, like every dance music is kind of similar. It's always yeah. in like eights or 16 bars and then a bit of a breakdown and then a drop. So just the tempo is the big difference. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> and also because within progressive, the core progression keeps on going. So uh, with drum and bass, it's a bit it has more energy music, and in the way you mix is also more like hip hop or trap or stuff. You can actually cut, cut, and bring in something else, and then that gives it more energy and double drop and stuff. It doesn't work with this music; it <laughs> has to flow. And yeah, you you can't not play the second breakdown because people will be disappointed and it doesn't make sense to the story as well if you mix too fast because then you don't get into that feel or that you know that wave with drum bass is actually fun to be like oh after 32 bars next tune so yeah that's the biggest difference but structure wise i think every kind of dance music is kind of the same intro so you can mix it you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
Which one do you enjoy mixing more? Uh, both depends on the mood, but I mean, yeah, it's just really different. Like I have mosh pits with my Blacks and Empire, uh, and here I don't see that happening. <laughs> but that's cool maybe, too. Maybe right? so, <laughs> so I don't know. Likely. It also really depends on the mood, you know. It's like, but I, I find, yeah, the two worlds being so different is what's really exciting, actually. Otherwise, it would be doing the same thing again, you know, if it was similar. And so, along the novelty route, do you think there'll be another? Subgenre of electronic music that you start producing? If something comes around that I like, maybe, but you know, you can't. Nothing in mind that. No. No, there's also, you can't do too many things at the same time and make it successful enough that you can keep on doing it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you still have, I mean, we still have to live from it as well. So there's always a, a balance between all those kind of things. But hopefully we don't sacrifice too much for it. <laughs> and if you had a, a dream for yourself in 15 years, what would it look like? Uh, uh, that I still make music and can still live from it. Maybe have my own studio building with more people in it. I guess maybe in a, um, our own label, but you know, the main thing is be happy <laughs> it's a good priority yeah, yeah. but uh, you mean maybe in 10 years i don't feel like it anymore and i'll start making whiskey or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> swallow your heart <laughs> yeah that's what we got that's good what got us here in the first place right yeah. so yeah awesome well this has been a great talk so far um should we end it with the rapid fire 30 seconds yes so just, we'll ask you a question. You say the very first thing that comes to mind. Right. Try not to hesitate. Just okay. go for it. Can I answer in Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I'll get the time. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll go off with the questions. Oh, that's like a lot of questions. Okay. We have a lot to choose. Okay. A lot cool. of variety here. Ready? Yep. Set, set, go. Favorite 90s track? Whoa, Purple Rain is... Hmm. All right, uh, what song would you want to be played at your funeral? Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, Philip Glass, Glassworks. What genre of music do you relax to? Um, ambient. What is your favorite meal? Uh, um, damn, probably tuna steak, so it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> One word to describe yourself in high school. Uh, friendly. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your bucket list? Uh, parachute jumping, but I'm probably too scared for it. <laughs> Prids, Prida, or Sarsdi? Uh, Prida. If you could live in a foreign country, where would it be? Probably New Zealand, but it's just so remote. <laughs> Time for one more. What's the one thing that you can't live without? Unfortunately, the internet. <laughs> true. Yeah, very true. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. It's going to be a great show tonight. Yeah. But uh, is there any parting words you'd like to leave your fans? Um, Have a great night. Enjoy the show. Yeah.
you see 